Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is establishing meaningful employee objectives. I have a terrific expert today who's going to share his thoughts. Tim Frederick is Group Vice President at M&T Bank. Prior to that, he was with HomePoint and Aquin. Hi, Tim. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me to chat with you today. Well, this uh, is honor honored to be on your podcast. Well, this is it's such an important topic, but before we get to that, let's talk about, you know, how did you get into mortgage banking and managing and, and what was the best advice you ever received on this topic? I started in 1998. Um, I was working in customer service at Norwest Bank in Colorado Springs. A friend introduced me to mortgages. I started as a loan officer. I enjoy math problems and I found that now, writing loans was a way of solving math problems for other people, but it also you know, could have a profound impact on their lives. Uh, I quickly became hooked on finishing books for them and, and helping people and, and fell in love with it as a loan officer. And so what was the best advice that you ever got on managing? So you went from a loan officer to a manager. Uh, how did that happen and what was the best advice that you received? Well, so as a new loan officer, my fourth or fifth customer I ever dealt with had about 50 rental properties and wanted to take out a bunch of cash. So I had to very quickly become an expert in all things mortgages. I read every annual guideline, anything I could get my hands on to figure that one out. And once, once I did, you know, I was known as an expert in the office. I could move a lot faster than others. And, and I was asked to help other loan officers move just as fast. So that's when I got into managing only actually a little less than a year after joining the mortgage industry. So what happened and how did it, in other words, did somebody leave and you got the position? No, they added a growing and they added a team and, and they needed to pick somebody from within the group. And uh, I was that guy. Oh, okay. That's great. So when you looked at the topic of managing, it's much different than being a loan officer. Were there any books or authors that you read that you'd recommend on this topic? Yeah, there's a ton of books, and I've read a bunch of them. Um, on this topic in particular, I, I like Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. She wrote that book a couple years ago. If you don't know her from, from books, most people will recognize her from her TED Talk about vulnerability. She's also, well, she's from Texas, and I have some roots in Texas, so we also have that in common. She has a phrase in her book that, that really resonates with me. She says, clear as kind. She wrote that in the book hundred times. I'm, I'm a person whose nature is, is non-confrontational. So, so that resonated with me. You know, we can't afford and it's not kind to be unclear in our communications or expectations or our agreements, people that we're working with or people that are working for us. And, and so that, that message just kind of strikes a nerve with me. I use that with my team, you know, when talking about removing ambiguity from from the business relationships with one another. Well, she's very famous, and I'm glad that you mentioned her, and she's really right on target. So when you look at your own career, what was your greatest victory from your viewpoint? And then, of course, on the flip side, what was the greatest lesson that you learned in your own career? Greatest victory was turning around a HARP call center. I worked for a company that was 
cranking out harp loans for a very long time. They sold that entire eligible book of business all of a sudden. And so there was a call center where not many people knew how to do a regular loan, a full doc loan. It's actually what moved me from California to Texas. Long story short, there was some turnover. I got to start a rookie program, which you and I have had great talks about. We grew the business and I worked with some amazing people. I worked with many of them again at another company and we built that one from the ground up too. So it's either building the last two call centers or it's getting to grow them with a bunch of people who didn't know anything about mortgages and watching them turn into season pros or, or both. Both is my greatest uh, career victory. Yeah, that's really a thrill when you're able to take someone that knows nothing about mortgage and then you're actually able to help them be successful. I mean, I know that personally myself. So on the flip side, what was the greatest lesson you learned in your career? Uh, greatest lesson is to start building momentum quickly. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good planner and I'm precise and, and I've built my career on delivering on a on a well-designed plan you know i had a, a boss that i had a lot of respect for that became upset with me for taking too long to to get a big project out the door so so i learned that you need to get it out the door and then you can use small pushes on the wheel to accelerate or optimize or even steer in a slightly different direction if, if you need to but Build momentum. Momentum is critical to being successful in, in the mortgage business, probably any other business as well. So when you're building this momentum, how does that tie together with establishing meaningful employee objectives? Well, I mean, I think you have to have congruency with what you're trying to accomplish as a business and with what you're communicating to your staff as their expectations. So I would say congruency Congruity is king. There has to be really good alignment between the two things. So when you're looking at employee objectives, especially in this time where business is really, you know, rampant and we're doing all kinds of different, you know, productions off the roof and, and so forth. So how do you get people to even focus on the the objectives? Uh, well, it, it can be challenging. And I I've seen it at a lot of companies where managers will check the box because it's a company requirement. And if you do that, then employees are going to check the box as well because that's what they see their managers doing and they'll take it seriously. I, I think they have to, they have to be important to, to everybody involved. I, I think there's some high level things that make objectives meaningful. And I would say number one, uh, objectives are about change. We must be very clear that what we're trying to do is different than what we're doing now. You know, if you don't need change, you don't need an objective. So, so I think really spelling that out is, is important up front. I think poor objective setting is a waste of time and it's harmful. To, you know, I don't recommend doing it. You really have to be thoughtful, consider the input, the environment, the tools your team will have, what will be the, the company's investment. And, and achieving those objectives, it's a, it's a two-way street. You have to have a robust objective measurement system in place so it's easy to check in. If you have to work too hard to see if you're making progress, it's, it's defeating. And I think that's probably where a lot of companies fall down. Is, you know, There's just too much manual calculation or 
or data dumps that they got to go through just to figure out if they're on track. And, and, and so it's, it becomes a really cumbersome process. So talk about from the nitty gritty standpoint, is this a process that you have seen work where you are asking the employee to establish the objectives and then you're taking that and then putting that in comparison with the corporate objectives? Or is this just corporate objectives being put down at to the actual employee? I, I think involving employees in, in the design of the objectives with the background of the corporate strategy or the corporate objectives is how do you get to a meaningful place where you have buy-in. So their participation I think is very important. It's not that they're, you know, they can go set whatever they want, but you know, here's where we need to go and what can you do in your job or your role to, to help us get towards that and, and to help yourself professionally advance in your role or your career with the company. I think it, it serves as a good gut check as well, right? If you if you set some objectives in this in, off in the corner, you get an allergic reaction from the the person that you're going to hold these hold accountable to these objectives, or even peers like HR or or marketing or ops or whatever other constituency might be impacted. Then you need to go back to the drawing board and and remove that allergic reaction. So yeah, long way of saying. I think involving employees or, or their employees' supervisors is critical in, in getting them right the first time. So do you see this process as separate from the annual appraisal, or is this something that is more of like a learning component to it? Or talk about what you see as the difference. Of course, a lot of times in mortgage banking, there is no sit down with how to get better. It's more like, well, here's your production, and that should be enough. So talk about how you see that. Yeah, I think a lot of companies have annual objectives. I personally don't agree with that. I think even if you have a regimen of annual performance objective setting, I think you're doing yourself a favor and your employees if you break that down into quarterly, even if they're unofficial check-ins or measurements, to break that into a quarterly progressive set of KPIs or goals or objectives that build upon one, one another. You know, if I want to get to 15 funded loans per person by the end of the year, then I can say, well, in Q1, we need to be at 10, and Q2, we need to be at 12, and Q3, we need to be at 14, and, and do that across the set of KPIs that are important, and, and then you'll build momentum towards those goals, and you'll hit those with, with interventions throughout the year. Even, even if they're unofficial. So when you're looking at these goals, and of course we all know throughout the industry that we have these ex, you know, these external factors that drive sometimes the performance. And so, especially like in a market today, so do we tie together with these types of performance numbers how we're going to help them get there? Or is this something that, how do, how do you see this working best? Yes. De definitely, the the company has an impact on in the likelihood of of employees achieving their goals. You know, I think the resources, the the investment in marketing or or technology or or whatever tool is going to help them make that change is is part of the equation. So you absolutely have to consider that. It's not objectives should never be about you know what can you do for me alone if I don't do anything else. The company has to participate. And and the company has to own, you know, failure if an employee doesn't get all the way to where they should be and, and 
you know, fault of the company, then they share in that, that they share in that failure or that myth. So when you're looking at this team between the employee and the company, and let's say the company doesn't provide training, because frankly, that's pretty rampant within the industry. And so, or sometimes it, it is really left up to the employee to improve themselves. How do you handle that? And how do you convey that to the employee? Well, I start with, you know, ground yourself in reality, right? If you if you work for a company that doesn't invest in training, then then that is the environmental consideration you have to take. And then you find another way, right? Training is important. I think everybody will agree with that. And so you can, you know, provide free training. You know, the MI companies, they provide all kinds of free training or, sure. or MBA provides training. You know, you just find other other sources the need if you can't find it internally. And that's really the responsibility, not of the employee, but of the manager. I think it's definitely the responsibility of the manager to, to set that expectation. Like, look, if we don't have this, that's not going to hold us back. You and I will partner together and we'll find a way for you to get the training or career development or and there's just so many resources available for free that that it's not really an excuse. I agree with you, but certainly you do see companies. I mean, I've actually seen job descriptions where when they're marketing for recruiting for loan officers, you know, some of the taglines are we don't train you at all. <laughs> as if it's a waste of time and it's incredible when you actually see that so so how do you i know that you have managed large staff so how do you put this objective process employee meaningful objectives process in place and how does it like mechanically work through the year so we'll start from the bottom up and from the top down we use a system uh an hr information system that that houses the we call them annual performance objectives. But again, it's kind of a misnomer because we do quarterly check-ins. And, and so we meet in the middle, we link together the company and the employee goals, and then we sit once a quarter. We just finished our, our mid-year check-in, actually. Today I'm finishing, finishing mine. And, and we, we have a conversation and we grade ourselves objectively and then we have a subjective dialogue about the, you know, the externalities that were present Mm-hmm. Everything went out the window in, in Q2 because we had the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, everybody's production was way above, way above where it should be. But there, you know, there is an external factor that, that helped that. Not that we're taking anything away from it. But, you know, we want to we make sure we don't rest on the laurels of, of this, you know, external factor. We're still focused on making sure we hit Q3 and Q4 um, goals. So is the employee sharing their personal goals, uh, let's say, regarding their lifestyle? Or in other words, are you going into that component of their life or are you just having a conversations about their performance at work? We talk about both. We have a we have a set of base APO or objectives for by role. Right. So mm-hmm. all of the all of the loan officers, for example, have the same six metric metric driven objective goals in their APOs and then there's probably another six that are related to professional development and training and where they want to be a year or three from now and so it, the conversation is is about both and i think both are very important so how is the reaction when the employee doesn't provide 
the input? In other words, is it just established that you're going to do that? Or have you had employees that would resist it and say, well, gee, I'm just here to do loans. You know, I don't want to go through this whole process. I'm not aware of anybody that's not seen it as a, an opportunity to, to have a more meaningful relationship than employer-employee. You know, I don't know if that's a, a cultural thing at the company I'm at, but I think in the past, I, I, employees will generally embrace that and, and want to participate in the dialogue. I suppose there are some that don't, but yeah, I don't think that's very common. What would you say is the reaction of, let's say, your best performers? In other words, do they look forward to this or do you have end up, you know, they can ask some hard questions. So how how does that get handled? Well, I mean, it's a good opportunity to provide some additional recognition for top performers and, and not just, hey, you, you're the top funder for the month or for the quarter or the best at this or that. But, you know, you took time to help you know, some new loan officers that started, or you went above and beyond in making sure your loans were, you know, high quality when they went in. So, so I think they look forward to, to having the conversations as well. I, I, feedback when it's when it's well thought through and it's planned, I think is a is a good method to to keep everybody engaged. And you'll see that. You, I mean, if your company does employee engagement surveys management effectiveness is one of the categories that's usually ranked. And I think having these structured conversations plays a part in, in getting a high score, not just uh, your, your ad hoc or off to the side conversations, but these, these structured sessions. Right. It's such a basic where a happy employee will have a happy customer. And, and sometimes it's amazing how companies don't recognize that. Well, time has flown by. What would be a couple things that you would want to leave the listener today on how you would establish meaningful employee objectives? Start with trying to find a middle ground alignment with company and employee objectives. Start with small goals that build momentum that will eventually snowball into, into bigger production. So break those out over over quarters and then make it easy for employees and managers to check in on progress as they're, as they're moving through time, right? It should be a quick glance at the dashboard um, or the screen to see where I am relative to to my goals. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts today. It was terrific on an important topic for sure. I want to ask everyone to subscribe to where you listen to your podcast and rate today's podcast. Also go to www.patsherlock.com for our sales services and sign up for my weekly sales blog. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks, Pat. Take care.